So another episode of Scrubby Stories. I'm your host, Uncle Scrubby. Ah. Can't speak today, but I will try. <coughs> today we begin our story on the mountaintops of Fin. Was named after a shark who used to wander the mountains as a child with his dad. These sharks were the very first land sharks, and it was named after his father. He used to also wear a tie. So, the story today is entitled The Legend of Fintai Mountain. Story starts, as all stories, in the middle of nowhere. In this case, the ocean, deep, dark, but with plenty of family and friends surrounded to make it okay to be deep and dark. You've probably been in this situation before. Side note, my voice is failing today, so try to enjoy the story if you can. Deep in the ocean, father and son. Father was more than a father. He was also part owner of the ocean. And it was a big job taking care of all the fish and being the guy that everybody went to for fish problems. He took care of it. But over time, became more than he could handle. But mostly, just tedious trying to solve the problems of a jellyfish when you're a shark is not cool when you get old. So, the father... His name was Chuck. Chuck Lord is what they called him. Had a son named Buck. Now, he'd had many children, but this last was sort of a uh, miracle baby because they, him and his wife weren't supposed to be able to have any more children, but then they did, and this little Buck came out. And Buck was even younger than most of his grandchildren. So, he was a miracle baby. But, 
As I said, Chuck was bored with his life at sea and decided, decided to venture into areas he had never gone before. Life on land. He told his wife one day, while at the dinner table, I can't be here much longer, but I don't want to die not living my life. And his wife, who didn't want him to leave at first, finally agreed, packed him a tuna fish sandwich lunch, because that's all they had at sea. With just a little bit of dolphin, because sometimes sharks eat dolphins. And those of you that are against that right now just need to get used to the fact that there really is no politically correct in the ocean. It's just how it works. Fish eating other fish. More mammals. So. Chuck Lord, who had been the leader of the ocean for years now, taming its wild environment, building, uh, helping to build society, structure, organization. They had a whole system set up. Schools of fish were created by this man. Fish. Shark. He did a lot for the community, but now, now, it was time to go. Yes, he was the first one to develop a fire department. Yes, he was the first one to develop the police department. Underwater police department. But again, he needed to venture out. So, early one morning while everyone was sleeping, he swam as close as he could to the beach and noticed his youngest son, Buck, right next to him. Son, you can't come where I'm going. I'm not even sure that I'm going to live once I get up on this ocean, uh, once I get up on this beach. You need to go back home to your mother. You need to go back to school. Buck wiped his nose on the sand. He liked drawing in the sand with his nose. And he said, Papa, Papa. What if something were to happen to you? Besides, I'm your youngest son. You may not be around for much longer. I want to create memories with you. Let's do this thing together. Let's be land sharks. His dad was a little flustered, looked at his son and said, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if you can handle it. Just then, 
four little girls came onto the ocean side shore, seashore side, with their floaties, jumped into the water. Dad looked at the feet right above him and said, Ugh, so tired of eating children. Tired of it. But he saw that they had floaties. And he was noticing that it kept them alive from the water. The floaties did. That's what he needed to keep alive on land. He needed shark floaties. Mm. How to get a shark floaty. So, he took a second, looked at his son Buck and said, Son, do you see those shark floaties? Yeah. You see them over there by the coral reef? Yeah. Let's go make them out of those corals. So they went over to the coral reef right next to where these little girls were swimming and created their own floaties. Now, of course you may think well, these women were in the ocean. There's just land. Well, the daddy created was he took jellyfish and wrapped them around his nose. Filled with water and put them also around his gills. And he flooded the jellyfish so full of water that they looked like two ugly earrings. He looked like some sort of female swimmer from the 1940s with the weird cap on and everything. Craziness. Weird. So him and his son wore jellyfish for like hats full of water. And they went walking onto the land with their quote-unquote floaties for sharks. Jellyfish that they nabbed full of water and put on their heads. Basically. Walking around, the girls screamed and swam away. Nah, get off the land. Everybody, everybody saw the two sharks and jumped quickly into the water. Quickly, we're not safe on land anymore. The sharks made it difficult for people who were afraid of sharks. Because now, where were they going to be safe? The water, where there were sharks? Or the land, where now there were sharks? It was craziness. Everybody just running into the ocean, one by one, jumping in, screaming their brains out. Ah, land sharks, we didn't know it was possible. How is it possible? Just then the helicopters flew over and saw two big sharks strolling up on the beach, kicking over suntan lotion, and sand castles and umbrellas and picnic baskets. 
and they opened fired. But then they stopped, and one of them talked. You two sharks, get back into the water. You belong in the water. You don't belong on land. Well, he knew he only had a couple chances out of this. Either he'd get back in the water, or he head for the hills. Now, as most sharks, as you know, don't have legs to run on, so it was more like waddling, scooching, really, across the scan, and he scooched as fast as he could, scooching with his son, buck by his side, first he thought, wait a minute, maybe we should go back. Maybe there's just not a chance for me out here on land. But Buck <laughs> said to his father, Dad, look, look yonder. I see the hills in front of us. We might be able to make it if we can find some sort of transportation. So, as the helicopters were searching back and sweeping through, he noticed that two of the people had left where there once was maybe a baby, the stroller of where a baby once was. So, he threw Buck into the baby carriage. And they just started moving because the wheels of the baby carriage were motorized. It was one of those awesome, futuristic, motorized, with a GPS system, baby carriage. Sweet ride. And they hopped in. And they traveled. And this baby could go a good 50 to 90 miles an hour baby carriage they found randomly on the beach futuristic awesome and they hightailed it out of there navigation had a little holder for cokes and stuff they ate their tuna fish sandwiches. They traveled far to the hills, to the mountains. It took them a good time to get up there. They saw what was white, the same sort of reversed sea life, whereas everything they saw was caverns, they're seeing hills. And they move toward the mountaintops. Finn Mountain, as it would soon be called. They traveled for days in a baby carriage with only the tuna fish sandwich that his ma, that Buck's mom, 
and Chuck's wife had left him. Hmm. Racing to the top of this mountain. They avoided helicopters, they avoided hikers, they avoided people that would be in the way. Till eventually, they ran out of gas. Half whipped about it. <laughs> if I die, no, the ending of this story would have been amazing. All right. So they're traveling high, trying to get to a nice vacation spot. But still, this mountain, which was a mountain in the Rocky Mountains, because they traveled that far from the oceans of California to the Rocky Mountains, it was awesome. Very great distances. These were brave fish. They made their way halfway up the mountain, and lo and behold, they ran out of baby carriage gas and tuna fish. And now these two land sharks, now mountain-going sharks with just the jellyfish on their faces to support them, the floaties in life, were running out of floaty. They were starting to deflate, and they knew soon their floaties would no longer keep them afloat on land, so to speak. They were traveling toward what they saw was white. They didn't know what that was. Was it just a hole in the atmosphere? Was it a trick their minds were playing upon them? What was the white? Well, they ran out of gas and stranded on the mountain. They waited to die. This is the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two.